Hello and welcome to the Fearless in Love podcast, the show that will help you transform your relationship by first transforming you. My name is Hannah and I'm a relationship anxiety coach and breathwork facilitator, but I've also come out of the other side of relationship anxiety myself. Now that I'm looking through a lens of clarity, I am here to help you experience deep love and connection, not only with your partner, but in every area of your beautiful life. Hi everyone, welcome back. I am very excited for this episode. It's going to be something that is heavily requested, but a little bit on the heavier side. Okay, here's the thing. I'm going to be talking about this topic and normally it would be heavy, but you guys know on this show I try to bring the light and the playful energy and the fun to whatever we talk about. So today we are going to be talking about arguments and how to survive arguments when you have relationship anxiety or anxious attachment. And I'm going to try my best to talk about it in a way that is enjoyable and doesn't feel too heavy. Before I dive into the material, I just want to remind you guys that this podcast and all of my content does not apply to people in abusive relationships of any kind, and that goes for any type of abuse, physical, verbal, sexual. This is only for women or men who can listen to, but people who are in healthy relationships with a secure partner that is not toxic. I just always like to get that out of the way because I understand how my content could be confusing for some people who are in relationships that they're not supposed to be in and I never want somebody to stay in a potentially dangerous or toxic situation because of my content. Okay, now that we are clear on that, I want to just preface this by saying arguments are so hard for people who have relationship anxiety specifically because relationship anxiety makes us question what is actually a red flag and what is actually my relationship anxiety. So arguments are something that every couple deals with and the reason it's extra hard for relationship anxiety is because sometimes your partner can say hurtful things and he can make mistakes and he can do things that are not acceptable for you. And so when those things happen, the relationship anxiety part of you is completely set off because it's like, see, I told you he's not a good enough guy. Like he's toxic. These are the red flags that he has. And it just exacerbates the relationship anxiety so much more because you do have these pieces of evidence for why this person is not somebody that you want to stay with. But a lot of the times we have to remember that arguments are completely normal and we all have our bad days. We all say things that we don't mean in the heat of the moment. And so while I don't want you to just be a punching bag, of course, and put up with things that you don't deserve, there are a lot of things in a healthy relationship that need to be forgiven and moved past. And then the same goes 
for your partner. I'm sure that you have said things and that you have done things in the heat of the moment that your partner has had to move through. Not even just in romantic relationships. Like, you can even think of it in terms of your family. Like, I'm sure you've had arguments with, like, your mom or your dad where they say things that they don't mean. And it's hard and it hurts, but then you don't have that extra layer of relationship anxiety saying, like, oh, now we need to, like, change moms or, like, change dads or go find a new family. And that is why having relationship anxiety, of course, makes arguments a lot harder. And that's why I'm dedicating an entire episode to it today. So what I usually see in myself first, I've definitely witnessed this in myself, but also in my clients, is that when we get into fights with our partners and let's say that they say something passive-aggressive, Instead of taking that as it is and remembering who they are and that they are a nice person and that they're so good to you and that they're so patient, because they've said this one thing or because of this one argument, we completely forget all of the nice things about them and all of the things that they've done for us in the past and we label them based off of this one interaction. So let's say a girl with relationship anxiety is with a guy and he's a really sweet guy. He tells her he loves her all of the time. They have a good relationship. He's secure. He's stable. And then one day they get into an argument and they both say things that they don't mean and it gets really heated. And then this girl completely forgets all of the nice things he's done, all of the times where she felt loved. And in her mind, she fully believes I am with a mean person. I am with a bad guy. And she starts to label him based off of this one interaction. And it makes sense that she would be so upset because, of course, if you truly believed that you were with a bad, mean person and you also loved this person, you would feel heartbroken, you'd feel conflicted. All of those emotions are coming up because that experience even though it might not be reality, it feels real in the moment and it can be super, super painful. And then it can also take a while to recover from after the argument, like for a few days or even a few weeks, you might still be thinking I'm with a mean guy or I'm with this horrible person until you are more calm and grounded and out of that survival state and looking through clear eyes again. So even just noticing that you do that and that in the moment, it's like you zoom in so much and all you can remember is this one thing that he said and you forget all of the other things. It's really helpful to remind yourself. You could even like keep a note. This really helps me and I've mentioned it before, but keeping a note of everything that you love about him or everything that he's done for you, everything he's said to you that's nice. And then during these times, if it feels good, you can go back and read all of that. So you can actually remember, oh yeah, (laughs) he did do these nice things and he is a good person. So that has saved me a few times. Another thing that's really helpful is just observing your reaction when you get into an argument. So for me, my reaction is 
I get really upset, I get really triggered, I start to think, oh my gosh, I'm with a bad person, and I try to get out of the situation. So, for example, I remember one time I went to visit him in Germany for the first ever time, because if you don't already know, if you haven't listened to the first episode of my story, he's a soccer player and he played in Germany for a while, and this was three years ago around, and it was... A really difficult time. It was when COVID was at its worst and he was, there's a lot of uncertainty in his career and I go over and I see him and COVID gets really bad and I'm told all of a sudden, okay, here, I'll set the stage for you. I get to Germany and I think that I'm there to be with him for three months and I'm like, oh my God, this is a dream. I've never been with him this long. I don't have to be in long distance anymore And then I think I was there for about a week and he found out that his team was getting shut down because of COVID temporarily. And so in that moment, he thought that he was going to have to go back to Canada. And I was freaking out like, because we don't live in the same place in Canada. We live in different provinces, which is like a five hour plane ride away. So I'm thinking to myself, like, I've come all this way. And I've spent all of this money and I desperately need to see you and now you're just going to leave and I'm going to go back to Canada whereas you're able to just stay here and stay in this apartment. And looking back now I can understand why maybe he thought in that moment he might have to go back but because I was triggered and because I was in an emotional moment I was thinking to myself this means that he doesn't want to be with me and he doesn't want to spend this time with me and I'm not a priority. That was my main like underlying limiting belief or fear is that I'm not a priority at the beginning of the relationship. And through a lot of work and and digging and healing, I found out that that was from my childhood and I've since been able to heal that and it's completely better now. But If you have that limiting belief, I'm not a priority, I completely feel you because I was there. So I hear him talking to his parents about it on the phone and I started freaking out. Like I was sobbing, I was so, so sad because I'm thinking like there's no way I can survive this relationship if I have to go back into long distance right now and getting so let down. And so my response in that moment was just to go like get out of there and so what I often would do is I would just go for a walk so I put my jacket on I go I'm in this tiny town in Germany like walking around um aimlessly and then I had to really go to the washroom so I had to try and sneakily use this German grocery store washroom which was normally closed and then I got a pretzel and I was sitting on this bench by myself like crying and voice noting one of my old friends back then asking her what to do because, of course, in the relationship anxiety times, I didn't trust myself. And then, long story short, we ended up being okay. And he decided to stay. And we got a lot of extra time together because he wasn't playing soccer. He was just working. And so it all worked out. But all of that to say, my reaction is normally to run away. If I was to relate to one of the survival reactions, which are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, mine is normally 
flight, like just getting out of there. And that is part of me trying to protect me by removing myself from the situation because it feels too much. And just realizing which one that you have can really speak volumes to show you, wait a second, I am in a survival response right now and that's the reason that I feel like running away. Or that's the reason that I feel like going to town, starting an argument and saying rude things right now. Or why I just freeze and go completely silent and I feel numb and I can't talk about it. Another one that I relate to quite a bit is the fawn response. So I have an anxious attachment, which is pretty much the cure now, I would I would say. But whenever I would get into an argument, the other thing that would happen is after I flee and I get off the phone or whatever, then I go into the fawn response, which is basically people pleasing or trying to get this person on your side because I was scared of losing him as well. That's what's so confusing about it is it's like relationship anxiety makes me want to flee and get out of there and then my anxious attachment comes in and it's like, wait a minute, no, I don't want to lose this guy. So I like have to talk about it right away, right when I'm ready or it's super, super hard for me to just be in the conflict. And I think that a lot of this has to do with growing up and receiving the silent treatment sometimes and just being so uncomfortable with being in an argument with somebody and having somebody unhappy with me. I can't stand it when people are unhappy with me and that's still something I'm working on. So that might be something as well that you relate to is whenever I get into an argument with my partner, all of a sudden all I care about is fixing the argument. I put my feelings aside It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I just want to solve it and go back to loving each other. And that is equally as harmful as just trying to get out of there and not deal with the issue because then you're just sweeping it under the rug and it can turn into resentment. I remember having this response so strong when I was... I have so many crazy stories, you guys. I could could literally write a book, but I was in Austria. My partner... Alex had to get a hernia surgery, which turns out he didn't actually have a hernia. He just thought he did. So he had to go home to Canada. And I was in Germany by myself because I had a trip planned to Croatia with a friend of mine who I had never met in person before. I'd met her on Instagram, which is so crazy to me. And you probably, you might have heard it on my TikTok. I have a a whole video about this story, but Essentially, we traveled to try to go to Croatia together. We had everything booked, but I forgot my passport and she had been in Europe for too long so they wouldn't let her across the border. And so I had to make my way all the way back to Germany the next day by myself without a car and it was like a 10-hour journey. So on my way back to Germany, during this very, very stressful time, I stay in Austria for a night by myself and when I'm in Austria and in the hotel because I am going back home now I've realized that I can't go to Croatia and then see Alex again in Germany I have to go back to Canada I realize and I calculate it in my head that I'm not going to see him for six months and I had never gone longer than three months and so 
I like the relationship anxiety went crazy and I started an argument with him and I was like I can't do this six months is way too long like you need to figure this out but he felt powerless because there's nothing he could do either and he got really busy I can't remember what happened or maybe he was just needing a break from the conversation we have opposite reactions where when we're dealing with heavy things he needs to take a break and he needs space and I'm the opposite I'm like we need to solve this right now I cannot handle this and so he wasn't replying to my texts and I'm in this hotel room freaking out and I just remember how difficult that was being with the fear and the uncertainty and the unknown and the anxiety and not being able to get a hold of him and it's happened many times because we're in long distance and we'll start arguments or get into little things and he'll be busy or he'll have to go to sleep and then I have to be with the emotions on my own and that's been the hardest part of my journey. So you might relate to that as well. I'm telling you these stories to maybe spark some things in your head of like, oh, I can relate to that. That sounds similar to my patterning or, you know, I can relate to Alex where I don't feel like talking. I feel like just like never having the conversation when I get into an argument and there is no right or wrong. It's really just how that protective part of you likes to protect you. How it feels that it can protect you the most. And often these behaviors come from childhood and the way that we manage our feelings and manage hardships in childhood. So get super clear. What are your patterns? Whenever you get into an argument, what are the thoughts that you always have? What do you feel like doing? What kind of things do you say? Maybe you say some hurtful things to your partner. Even just knowing those things is going to be really helpful. Because as soon as you notice yourself going into that familiar pattern, that habitual response, you're going to get out of there. And not in a flight response kind of way. What you're going to do is you're going to say to your partner, hey, I'm feeling myself getting anxious right now or going into my old patterns and I think this is going to make the conversation worse. Or... If you see your partner going into his patterns, you could say, hey, I can see that things are getting heated right now or you have emotion coming up. Can we just pause and come back to this later? Because when you are having a conversation where one of you or both of you is heightened, it's never going to end well. Even if one of you is heightened, usually it'll trigger the other person and then both of you will be acting out of emotion and it's just there's no solving it when you've gotten to that point because it has so much momentum going in the wrong direction. So what I teach my students in the Fearless and Love Club it's why I created the Self-Soothe series which has audios for them to listen to to really calm down in those moments where they need it the most teaching them to self-soothe on their own so that when they feel this anxiety coming up and they take that space from their partner, they're not just sitting there in agony. They have tools to go to to start to feel better and to start to like clear the lens. Let's say I always love to use a glasses metaphor. Let's say they're wearing glasses and the glasses are completely clouded up because they're so emotional These tools are like 
getting a little cool off and starting to slowly wipe away the fog so that when they're able to breathe and feel grounded and feel centered in their body again, once they revisit the conversation, it's going to be so much more likely to end well and to end in actually becoming closer. Because the thing is, you guys, every single argument, even though it might be painful, you're going to learn something about your partner and learn something about yourself. And it's actually going to make you so much stronger as a couple. Alex and I wouldn't be so good at communication and we wouldn't have all these relationship tools and strengths if it wasn't for these arguments and these ruptures. And I know 100% how it feels to be, maybe you have anxious attachment and even the thought of doing this like sounds horrible and it's like the last thing that you want to do because part of you is like no we can't take space from him or he's going to decide to leave us or something bad is going to happen but that is not the truth those are just stories and this is actually the most healthy thing you can do for your relationship so what I like to do is I will go for a walk outside like I shared in the first example that has really helped me Or I will go and sit and just breathe with my emotion and really feel into what I'm feeling in my body as much as I can. Because often these reactions that we have, they're just parts of us wanting to be seen and acknowledged and calmed. You can think of it like you have a little child in you that's crying and it's so scared and all it really needs is to be comforted. And if you lock this child in a room and tell it to stop crying, of course it's going to get worse. But if you slow down and you breathe with it and you give it a hug and you just be there with the emotion so that they don't feel that they're going through it alone, that is what eventually helps them to calm down. So it might be really intense at first, but just being with the emotion. You can also try breath work. That is really helpful when you have a lot of emotion in your body that needs to be cleared. And I always say, this is an unpopular opinion, but I actually over time have realized that sometimes, even though I hate it in the moment, it's the last thing that I want to do, you guys. (laughs) Going to bed angry really isn't a bad thing because nine times out of ten, I wake up the next day and I can't even remember why I'm mad or it feels so much less bad and less hard. And the reason for that is because when you go to sleep at night, your momentum of whatever thoughts you had going that had so much momentum behind them, like let's say you couldn't stop thinking, I have a bad partner, he's a bad guy, he's a mean person. That thought, the more you think it, builds more and more and more momentum. And so the more you think about it, the more emotion gets attached. And the more emotion that gets attached, the more that you think about it. And then you go to sleep and your momentum slows to a stop because you stop all thoughts and you're in this place of rest. And then you wake up in the morning with a blank slate. And yes, if it was a hard argument or you haven't been doing this work for a long time, Maybe you'll wake up in the morning and immediately go back to that thought and restart the momentum on it, but it takes practice. And a lot of the times I do notice I wake up and I'm like, okay, it doesn't even seem that bad anymore. 
I'm going to still have a talk with him about it, but I'm not as triggered and this doesn't have to be as big of a deal as it was last night. A couple more tips for when you're in that place where you're feeling really anxious is distract yourself. Maybe that looks like going out for dinner with a friend or calling a friend and talking about something else or watching a movie, something to get your mind off of it, which I know is really hard sometimes. If you cannot distract yourself because the momentum is too strong and you're too heightened, exercise is really great. I had about a week of relationship anxiety, which if you haven't listened to my podcast about that, I go into more depth there, but it was really strong because it was coming with a lot of trauma and I felt so much energy in my body, which is what emotion is, by the way, it's just energy in your body and all I could do to clear that energy was to go to the treadmill and go for a run. And even just running and sweating and moving around cleared some of it for me. Because when you move around, energy is moving. When you're just sitting there in your house on your couch, like going on TikTok or going on Instagram, the energy is not able to move through you. So that's why exercise, breath work, anything to change your state is going to be really good. You can also process your anger or your emotion through more somatic tools somatic meaning of the body so sometimes even if I feel a lot of energy like in my throat or in my upper chest I know it sounds crazy don't laugh at me but I'll take a pillow and I'll scream into it or I'll just make noise into it or sometimes in the past when I was going through like some of the hardest moments and I felt like I was at rock bottom, I would be crying and it would be kind of like I was screaming at the end of crying and it sounded very dramatic, but it was helping me process. So crying, screaming, making noise, even if it has to be into a pillow because you don't want anybody to hear, these are all ways to move this energy. And then when you do come back and start talking to your partner again, hopefully from a more regulated place, I recommend, first of all, being a good listener because if you interrupt somebody and you don't let them speak, it's going to aggravate them. And the same goes for both parties. So you let him speak. You let him get it off his chest. He doesn't have to go first. You could go first. And then you also have a time where you speak and you tell him, when you said this, this is how it made me feel. And... This is what it meant to me. It's really good to tell somebody what their actions meant to you because we're not mind readers. So for example, you could say, when you interrupted me last night, I made it mean that you don't care about what I have to say. Or when you canceled our plans last night, last minute, I made it mean that you don't care about me and that I'm not a priority. And then you get to see, wow, these are beliefs that I am projecting onto my partner's actions. Even though their actions might not be acceptable and they might be hurtful, what is causing the most pain is those beliefs that you're adding on to the action. And so then that gives him the opportunity to clear it up with you and tell you, oh, like that's not what it meant at all. I, I made a mistake, but that's not what it meant to me and, and this and that. If you guys are curious... You know, some things that 
are not acceptable that you do need to set boundaries around are name calling, raising his voice or raising your voice. These goes both these go both ways. So these apply to your partner and you. Nobody should be doing these things. Name calling, raising your voice, bringing up unrelated things from the past. Like let's say he's like, "Oh, it hurt my feelings when you said this." And then you're like, "Oh, but you said this to me two years ago. Like that, you can't bring up old resolved events to use as ammunition. And it's a bad habit that we all fall into, but just be aware of that. And if your partner is, let's say, saying passive aggressive things or raising his voice or you doing some sort of behavior that's not okay with you, what you can say in the moment is, I am not going to participate in this conversation until you lower your voice or until you stop saying these things. Those are hurtful to me. So setting these boundaries of I'm not going to stay here and keep talking if you do this thing. And if you are setting these boundaries, you also need to take accountability for yourself, right? You can't tell somebody you're not going to put up with them saying hurtful things if you're going and saying hurtful things too. It has to be both ways. But over time, both of you will improve and it's never going to be perfect. So if you're both trying your best and you have slip-ups and you're still having arguments that are hurtful, understand that it's a normal thing. As long as it's not abusive, like I mentioned at the beginning, I don't see that as a reason to leave the relationship or to make it mean something really, really big. Of course, it depends on the specific situation. So that's why it's kind of hard to give advice in this context without talking to you and hearing the exact situation that went down. But a lot of the times I know that relationship anxiety can tell you like, oh, they did this. And it means that I have to leave when in reality, it was just a momentary mistake and you were just as guilty (laughs) in that same regard. And so once you have gone through this process and you have resolved it, try your best to forgive and forget. Because if you just keep on talking about the same thing and keep it alive in the relationship, it's going to get painful over time. And the more that you think about something and talk about something, the longer it stays in your life. In reality, we don't have to carry anything from the past into our present moment and into our future. It's up to you. So you have to ask yourself, do I want to keep this situation alive because it's causing me suffering and we've dealt with it? And is it worth it to me to do the work of forgiving and letting go so that I can find peace and happiness in the present? So be gentle with yourself. It's okay to still feel anxious. It doesn't mean you'll never get over it. Time heals a lot of wounds and That has been really important for me in my journey is when I just accept that I'm not feeling over something and I still feel a little bit of resentment or anger or sadness, instead of fighting those feelings and being like, oh no, this means that I have to leave the relationship or something bad happened or I have to get rid of these feelings, when you just accept them and you let them be there, they dissipate so much faster. And you can journal about it, you can 
do breath work when it comes up. You can still use the tools, but try to accept it and not just try to bulldoze through it because what you resist persists. And then as time goes on and you start thinking about new things and you start building new memories with your partner and new things that you do together, new moments, that thing will get smaller and smaller and smaller in your mind. I really hope this helped. I know it's hard with relationship anxiety. I remember in the past, we were having arguments like every day at one point and he was like, I can't keep doing this. Like you always have something to bring up and start an argument about. And that was my relationship anxiety. So the other piece of this is working on your relationship anxiety so that you don't have to keep starting fights if you're the one who's always initiating these things because you're finding flaws in your partner, you're trying to change him. That is your work to do. And that is for another episode. But for now, I hope that you guys are having a wonderful day wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is for you. It is six o'clock in the evening for me. So I'm going to go have a little dinner, might go watch Gilmore Girls, which by the way, if you have a relationship anxiety, I know I talk about it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend watching that right now. It's a very sweet, cozy fall show, but I watch it and I'm like, okay, if I had been in relationship anxiety as I watched this, this would have been hard for me to watch because it does go into relationships. But anyways, with that being said, I love you guys. Have a wonderful day and make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss our future episodes. I will see you next week.